A fee has been paid by the Animal Rescue League for the editorial content of the following program. This is News Radio 1040, WHO. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to ARL Animal Connection. Good morning, Carol. Good morning, Mick. How are you today? Pretty good. I like a chilly start to the day or it, a cooler start to the day. It is cool. Get it? Cool, uh, fun. Uh, mm. um, I see what you did there. Yeah, see? But it's kind of cold. <laughs> In the studio, it's cold. It is, isn't it? I, I'll turn the temp up. There's not much more I can do. <laughs> I like, I'm freezing, and I have on like my three layers of shirts right now. I have so. another jacket in the car. I'll run down and get it for you. You're so nice. It, it, it'll Some warm days. up, I'm sure. I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah, okay. And we have a guest in the studio we do. today. We talk, we've been talking about bunnies and rabbits, and we have William. Morning, William. Good morning. Uh, for those that listen to us regularly, we've had William on before, yeah. but he is our uh, small animal coordinator, specialist, and also has a history in wildlife and caring for other animals as well. And he's down to our Southridge location, so yeah. he's going to help us out today. That's great. The spring coming up, we always seem to get a lot of questions about finding baby rabbits or yeah. you know something so uh, this will be a chance for people to call in at 284-1040 if you have those types of questions but if not uh, William will be we'll be talking to William about what to do if you find baby rabbits or those things in that situation too yep and he's going to talk to us about some of the pets we have down at our Southridge location yeah, as well that's great and we've got a lot to do today we've got we a do. lot going on there's many it's horse stuff it's rabbit stuff it's international respect for chicken, chicken month yes yeah, yeah so yeah respect to the chickens that's right respect to <laughs> how are your chickens doing good real yeah, good. Uh, good yeah i was out with the girls yesterday actually yeah so, you got, got them out yeah yeah um, i like as i've said many a time i just like going out and sitting with my chickens yep. but brownie who's one of my, she's they came with us with those names yeah she's yep. brown yeah. obviously yeah just like um, a brownie but i have her she follows me around now just on cue uh, because she and she loves her mealworms so now she's actually eating from my hand and she'll come up and sit next to me on the oh that's on the cool. bench that's very cool yeah are all your chickens named after food you know like brownie cookie i can't remember no, all the names got, of your chickens i've got a ninja i've got an audrey oh that's right yeah i've got a snowball snow? yeah yeah, snow. yeah um thelma and louise were our two new ones <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're so yeah. fun they changed their personality though yeah once they got comfortable like we don't need you goodbye <laughs> oh, just yeah. do their own thing <laughs> and it's like thanks a lot <laughs> i brought you home i gave you a good home i give yeah, yeah. gave you a future but i uh, no, they're doing really good yours <clears throat> yeah mine are doing great How about i'm doing you? the same thing i'm letting them out I do the same thing as you do. I just yeah. think that's the most relaxing thing. So I let them out, let them wander around, watch them, and they're just so funny. I think I was talking last week about one of them getting a worm, and then another one came oh, swooping yeah. in, grabbed it, and took off, you know, running with it. So they're very funny how they yeah. interact like that. So, yeah, my latest two are totally fitting in. and kind They of, are beautiful chickens. Yeah, they really are beautiful. So, Anywho. Anyway, enough about our chickens yes, again. <laughs> and we have lots of respect for them. Yes, we do. Because International Respect Your Chicken Month. That so there is. we go. Um, so we did have a question submitted that maybe we should just hit off right off the gate. Yeah, I sure. I thought it was really interesting. I'd actually never gotten this question before. But 
related to dogs and they listen to us often talk about <clears throat> training and high reward values and so she's been training and doing that with hot dogs good job okay so now her question is she feels like all day long she feeds her dog hot dogs yeah. all day long and she doesn't know how to back off the treat part yep yeah that's a really good question because that's something we don't normally cover like you said mm-hmm. um that that's on me uh fading out you need to fade out the rewards because you can't walk around with hot dogs for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. You, you also get dogs that unless you reach for a hot dog, don't do anything. So the idea is once, and especially when we're doing just general training is, you do the behaviour. Once you've taught the behaviour, and you can pretty guarantee eight out of ten times it'll do it when you say it, without you reaching for the hot dog, you still always should say good dog and give it a pat and other rewards. But then, then you would give the treat. Now what you start doing is every three sits, somewhere in that three, you might throw a treat in. Okay. Then five and seven and all ten. So you start. It's like, again, kids when they're learning, they get a letter right, they get a gold star. Then they've got to get a word right. Then they've got to get a paragraph right and eventually no more gold stars. So the idea is you continually reinforce it. Then... You um, schedule reinforce it, so you start extending and asking for more behaviours, still coaching them, telling them they're doing a good job, giving them pats, and then boom, just sneak a treat in when they do something really well. Then what strengthens behaviour is random reinforcement. So they never know when they're going to get that bonus prize, but they keep hoping and trying, mm-hmm. and that's where you get it. So the idea is you ask for more and give less Okay. over time. If it start and the hard part for people is if you watch your dog and it's watching where the treat jar is or trainers that use a treat pouch, I make my trainers put their hands in their pockets because I can see dogs watching their hand mm-hmm. and as they move it back towards the treat pouch, they do a sit. I'm like, dog's trained you well. Yeah, it's yeah. It's actually gone the other way. Right. So um, once you think they've got it, start fading it out. So And there's lots of stuff on fading rewards online. And also, if you're doing the um, association for fears and things like that, you may want to hang on to that for a bit. So if you're asking for a little bit more, bring your hot dogs back in or you're going to a new environment. It doesn't have to be as much, but it's what you're doing is pairing that new environment as well. Dogs don't generalise all the time well. So just because you teach it in your living room doesn't mean they're going to know it in the front yard or the backyard. You show them again and they go, oh, so you want that here too. Oh, you want that here too. And then down the park and eventually, very quickly, they generalise. But you have to test it or train it or remind them in each area just to make sure it's working. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was a really good question because you think about it, you know. Yeah. Like in her situation, she's just, the dog's been training and learning and she's like, oh, reward. And then she's like, how do I get off of this now, you know? And the great part about us humans is we're forgetful. Mm -hmm. And so we actually become random reinforcers without even realizing it. So the dog does something, we go, oh, good dog. Oh, sorry, I forgot a treat. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Once they've got the behavior, start asking them very quickly. If it's general training, you should be, after about a day or two, you should be starting to think about fading your rewards out. Fears and phobias will probably take longer because you've got a lot more to do. Yeah. But the idea is to ask for a little bit more for a little bit less. Yeah, okay. 
Yeah, that's a and that's a great question because it is a criticise. Uh, uh, people do criticise treat trainers of the animals only doing it for food. Right now, sometimes if you look at some of the great trainers around the world, they go, they're like, why cut it out? You know, we do it in zoo facilities, marine mammals that are trained. We would measure and weigh their daily food, and that's how we interacted with them and worked with them. And so. You can or cannot. You can feed them your normal dry food as a treat. Right. But uh, training, yeah, fade them out. Well, it looks like Jeff's on the phone as well, and he's got a question about treats and rewards for his dog. So, Jeff? Morning, Jeff. Good morning, guys. How you doing? My uh, shih tzu that I have, I train him um, to go in the kennel when I tell him to. Yep. Um, I kind of always, always give him a treat when he goes in his kennel just because I feel bad and <laughs> yeah, it's kind, of a, it's kind of a here. I'm sorry. Here's a treat, you know, type of a deal. But what I've noticed um, is, like at night when I'm getting ready to go to bed, you know, of course he sees my routine of mm-hmm. you know I, I do this or whatever, and I'll walk out to where I get his treat, and when I turn around and come back, he's sitting in his kennel waiting for his treat. Well done. Um, without well, but without me telling him get in your kennel you know he'll go in there when you know if we're if we're all of a sudden up and got to go somewhere or whatever and and we're going to be gone for a long time you know i'll tell him you know get in your get in your kennel and he'll go into his kennel and then i give him a treat but i'm wondering if if he just goes in there without me saying anything should i give him a treat or at night you do you mean or just in general well um because he, he will just go in there yep. and kind of look around for a treat. <laughs> now, and I, I think that's what he does. I think he goes in there and kind of looks around to see if there's a treat, but then he'll come back out. But, like, yeah. at night when I'm going to bed, he'll just go in there. Yeah, I'd still just give sit there and wait for a treat. I'm, I'm kind of curious as yeah. to if I should give him a treat for that or should I, should I get him out of the kennel and then say, kennel? And then and then give him the treat, or I like would I say, keep. It's kind, of, it's kind of more of a peace offering for me. You know, <laughs> I feel bad that I got to put him in the kennel, but that's okay. Um, when he goes in by himself and he's sort of sitting there waiting for a treat, just say good boy. What he's doing is like, give me a treat. I'm here. So what I'm getting at is he's trying to train you to treat him. So uh, I, I would still give him a good boy, but every t- what I with crating and yes, at night I give my dogs a treat every night before I go to bed, yeah. and I still give them a, like just one treat, and it's a you know a little milk bony type thing um, when they go potty still, and it's been years because some days I have good days and bad days, but those yeah. you know it's good. I feel better about it. Like I'm going to bed, guys. Good job because they go to the their sleeping areas. They know, like yeah. you said, they're actually trained just because it's not on a word. It's trained from our actions. They know okay. what the system is. And it's no big deal. Um, it's a bonus prize going to your bed. You've done a good job, and that's something you really want to keep. Every night I think it's a nice touch. If he's trying to train you, just tell him good boy. But when you ask, yes, bonus prize and your routine at night. But if he's just trying to get a freebie out of you, just ignore it or say good dog and walk on. Yeah, well, like I say, during the day when he'll do, like he'll just walk in there and kind of look around a little bit and then yeah. come back out. Yeah, just and ignore I those just, ones. I kind of just ignore that. But yeah. 
I was I was kind of wondering. I heard you guys talking about it, and I I thought, well, that I wonder if I should give him a treat when he just goes in there because it's that time, you know. But yeah, um, and I never make the kennel um, a bad place for him to go. So like if and and he was never like this, but yep, if uh, somebody comes over and I have a lab that if they didn't like dogs, I would tell him, you know, go in your kennel. Yep, <laughs> and his his kennel was in. In a spare room, Jeff. I'm going to have so to be I'm, rude, buddy. Okay. We uh, we have to go to a break. You can stay right, on the line you. if you want. We'll yep. come back to you, but we're going to take a quick. Sorry break, about so. that. Thank you, neurologist Megan Selwa. You're listening to ARL Animal Connection, part of our new, more live and local weekends on News Radio 1040 WHO. Back for another segment. ARL Animal Connection. Mick yeah. and I are back. And we've got our guest here, William. We do. It's hard when we've got to take breaks and we, you know, we're trying to, yeah. it's just a part of what we do. So yeah. sorry about anyone we ever do have to cut to a break. It's just part of part of the gig. So, yeah. But good question about the crate because yeah. they can try and train us That's too. That's right. Thanks for calling in, Jeff. Appreciate yeah. it. Sorry we had a break there. Uh, we have Pam on the phone, so maybe we take that call yeah. and come back and start talking to William about baby bunnies. So been quiet over All right. there. So. Hi, Pam. How you doing this morning? I'm doing well, thank you. Great. You have a question for us? I do. I have a German short hair. She's uh, five months. Yeah. So we've been um, training her this winter. Uh, as it's warmed up, um, having her go out to the bathroom is a little bit more of a challenge because she hears the birds and everything. Well, mm-hmm. now it's gone to this week when I let her out. Um, she'll go to the she'll go potty, but then she goes to the end of the uh, end of the yard and sits. And when I call her to come, she doesn't want to come. Right. And we'll go through this. Well, I hadn't gone through that until this week, and then. If I go out to her, she starts to run around like I'm going to chase after her. I'm like, we're not going to do this. This is not a good plan. I need to nip it in the butt as soon as I can, but I don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, No, that's that's okay. Uh, Yeah, what I would do is go back as if she was a puppy and do um, which the all behavior handouts too for cats and dogs and other animals for everyone else is on our website at arl-iowa.org but i would go back and treat it right like puppy training have her on a leash take her out stand in that spot for a maximum five minutes when she empties out jackpot her with rewards give her a pat good girl and then bring her inside and then what you can do is go to a long line so she knows that potty times are different to play times because from the sound of it, from what you're telling me, is that's what it becomes. She goes potty and like, okay, I'd like to stay out here for a while. And mum needs to go to work and come back inside. She's like, nah, maybe later. So um, yep. it, it's just a retraining of, of potty. She's got the potty down. She just hasn't connected that last part. So what we do is I call them safety lines is they can't go off and do the behaviours they want to do. And, of course, we re- would jackpot her a high-value reward for coming back inside, which we can fade out later, but she can learn there's two different routines. Okay. Yeah, give, give that and a I'll try. And I'll check out your website, too. Yeah, does that make sense, what I'm talking about? So we're actually going to retrain it a potty and come inside, not potty and go play. 
I did that yesterday. I went back and got a leash, and yep. I'm going to go to the basic, but I wanted to ask about it. For sure. Yeah, great. So, no, good right, job, Pam. You you let us uh, know how you go. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day. So we're talking about we got William here, and uh, even this week, William, we've had baby bunnies that people have found in their yards, and, of course, you hear all the mowers going and, you know, they may come across these. What? Tell us a little bit about that. Right. So, yeah, it is, is super common, um, typically through March and September, uh, all the way through that, that time span, that we get inundated with calls, um, animal control, all the different shelters, uh, veterinarians' offices, all get called by people that find baby bunnies in their yard. Um, super duper common. Um, and there's a lot of, uh, I think, misinformation or misideas about mm-hmm. how you handle those, those bunnies. Um, so first, let's say you, you find some baby bunnies in your yard. What do you do? Well, first, you should look at them and, and kind of assess the rabbits. Um, if they are uh, very small and their, their eyes are closed and they don't have fur, they're not fully furred, um, they, they certainly still need to be with mama. And in that circumstance, uh, it's a little bit different than if you find them, let's say, fully furred. So if you see one that's uh, eyes open, uh, it's got fur all over its body, it's kind of hopping around, even if it's very, very small, it actually is probably good to be on their own. Um, they can yeah. actually be separate from mama at about 15 days of age. 15? 15 days, yep. Wow. They, they actually have a very quick turnaround. Um, yeah. Part of that's because they usually have three to four litters in a season. Um, so they're just bam, 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 right. Raiding like rabbits. Yep, like, just like that. So they have to have a quick turnover on their, their babies. Um, so even if it's super duper small, looks like it probably should still be with mama. If it's hopping around on its own, if it's fully forward, its eyes are open, just leave it alone. It's good to be on its own. Good. Um, let's say you do find one with, with eyes closed, with no fur, um, or maybe it's not fully furred, maybe it's not hopping around on its own, it's kind of wobbly, uh, that probably still should be with mom. So the first thing you should do if you find a nest is make sure that it hasn't been uh, disturbed by predators, let's say. Uh, make sure there's no sign of, of mama, maybe she's unfortunately been passed away by, by some accident um, nearby. If, if you don't see mama, what I would recommend doing is uh, either leave the babies in the nest or if they've been taken from the nest, replace them back into that nest. Try to rebuild the nest as best you can with the same materials that were there. Right. Um, and then I would actually uh, put up something to try to get an idea if the mom is coming back, even if you don't see her. And there's a couple different ways you can do this to try to tell if mama has returned. Because that's a, you know, people see them and mom's not there, so they think they've been abandoned. She's right. She's not. And right. Uh, typically, mama only visits the nest about two times a day, usually around dawn and then dusk. Um, the biggest reason is that baby rabbits don't really have much of a smell, at least not one that predators can detect. But mama does. So she wants to stay away from those babies uh, so that she doesn't attract predators to their nest. Um, So while you don't see her, she may well see you and just be hiding out, you know, 100 feet away watching, and she's going to stay away from that nest. Um, But you may not be able to see her. So one way you can tell if she visits that nest after you've kind of reset it up. uh, Actually, we're going ahead and uh, we'll uh, we'll touch on that just a little bit. Yeah, we're going to take a quick break. We come back, we're going to talk a lot more about this and some other wildlife as well. So we'll be right back with William. You're listening to ARL Animal Connection, part of our new, more live and local weekends on News Radio 1040 WHO. Welcome back, everyone. We were talking with William before the break. We got lots of information and uh, 
Today is Help a Horse Day, and we're having an event at uh, the ARL Main, the Crydoneer Second Chance Ranch, and people can come out there, visit our horses, and say hello, and lots of fun activities and uh, family events, root beer floats, and even if you've got a horse blanket, if you are a horse per we're doing a horse blanket wash. Yeah, that's great. We have big washing machines. There you, you go. You need big ones there to get those in. When we went to break, we were talking to William about if you find some rabbits, yeah. what you should do. And uh, one of the questions I also had for William was, I always heard, and then subsequently lots of people say, you touch rabbits that the mom will boot them out of the nest. Or Can you talk a little bit about that, too? Uh, certainly. So I, I hear that quite a bit, too. Um, uh, same thing with baby birds. Uh, mm-hmm. People think that if you, you handle them and then you put them back, that the uh, mama rabbit or, or bird will, of course, smell that a human has touched them and then will um, push the, the babies out of the nest or just you know not care for them. Uh, and that's that's not true nine times out of ten. If you're just picking them up and putting them back where you found them or where they need to be, uh, mama's not going to care. She's she's still going to take care of her babies. Um, now the only time where if uh, the babies have been handled by something else that they won't come back is if say a cat or a dog uh, has found them. It's maybe been in that animal's mouth for a moment, even if it's not injured. If it's got that saliva. Um, because those are predators, uh, and the, the rabbit, rabbit mama will be able to smell that there are predators that were by her babies, she may stay away then um, in those circumstances. But just a, a person handling them won't be an issue. Okay. Before the break, William, you were saying about mum comes back once or twice a day. Right. And, and you know, there's lots of different ideas. Um, can you give us some about... Well, how do I know if mum's coming back once or twice a day? Right. So let's say you found the baby bunnies. You've replaced them into the nest or rebuilt the nest um, uh, from where you found them. Um, you're set up, but you want to make sure that the mom is coming back. A um, couple different ways you can go about doing that. Uh, one, and it's, it's my personal favorite, uh, just for, for ease of use, um, you can take some sort of uh, non-scented powder, something like flour, um, and you just kind of uh, shake it around the perimeter um, in just a, a little, uh, little circle. Uh, and then you'll be able to tell, maybe say you, you put it there one night, uh, you come back the next morning and check, if that powder's been disturbed, maybe it's got little rabbit footprints in it, then you know mom has come back. Okay. Uh, another thing you can do is take either very lightweight uh, branches or pieces of string like yarn and just put kind of a, a small grid pattern over the, the nest, maybe like a, like a tic-tac-toe board, let's say, over top. Um, something that lightweight, if mama comes back, she's just going to push it out of the way to be able to go um, interact with her babies. And when she does, she'll disturb that, that nest that you made, or that, um, that grid, and you'll be yep. able to look at that and tell. So say we've done that, and it's a day or so, and nothing's been disturbed. So all, now I'm getting worried because I haven't seen disturbance or bunny paw prints, you know, in the flower. Right. How long, do, you know, do uh, we, should we do that for? So it is entirely possible that she may not visit back for another 24 or 36 hours. Okay. Um, just being cautious, because of course she wants to be cautious and not attract predators to the nest. Um, but if it's been you know a day and a half and, and looks like she's not coming back, there's been no sign of, of mama, um, at that point, certainly the babies are going to need some attention. Okay. Um, and again, this is assuming that, of course, they're, they're still not fully furred, um, their eyes are closed maybe. Yep. In that case, they definitely need to be, uh, be taken care of by, by human. There need to be some human intervention there. Um, it is important, though, that uh, if you see them, you, you don't try to take care of it yourself. Uh, rabbits are notoriously hard to, to try to take uh, care of in captivity. Um, even... 
experienced rehabilitators have a relatively low success chance with rabbits compared to other animals. They're just very, very finicky. Um, and they're very, very fearful. And, and they've been known to, to die just from, from being handled. Um, so it's always, always important that you handle them minimally uh, and get them into the hands of a licensed rehabilitator as soon as you can. Would you recommend even somebody giving us a call or you a call before they start messing with them in the nest? Uh, certainly, Just yes. to double check. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, that never hurts to, to double check some resources and make sure that you know taking them out is something that needs to happen. Because yep. as, as we said, many, many times it actually doesn't need to. Um, but in those occasions where it does need to happen, um, certainly reach out to us. We can get you in touch with uh, you know, a rehabilitator to be able to get those animals taken uh, care of as, as best as we can. Yeah. I had a friend last spring that did, just did your suggestions about putting the flower down and then did the tic-tac-toe thing also. I don't think she ever saw that mom, but she knew that the mom had been there because of the uh, it being disturbed and the prints. But, like, she never saw that mom. And, I mean, I always thought, you know, the mom was probably sitting on those nests just like birds do all the time, like you know. So, yeah. He's yeah. my babies. Like, they're with them all the time. Yeah, so, nah. it's really interesting that they're just not. Right, yeah. They only visit it twice a day, usually. Um, and it's, I all said, uh, just to avoid bringing predators to that nest. Yeah. That's really yeah. cool. They're smart. Very smart. Yes, very smart. Should we do our trivia question, and then we can keep talking to William here as well? Let's. Great. So our trivia question, and you can call in at 284-1040. Um, first one with the correct answer, we'll send you out at ARL Animal Connection mug. And in spirit of Help a Horse Day yep. today, our question is, Roy Rogers' famous horse was named Trigger. What was Dale Evans's horse's name? So we're looking for the name of Dale Evans's horse. So you can call in at 284-1040 if you know the answer to that, and we'll send you out an Aerial Animal Connection mug. Yeah, I've got nothing. Yeah, you didn't know this. No. Uh-uh. Neither did Will. Didn't know it. No, but no. you're probably so young. <laughs> <laughs> What's my excuse? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what yours is, but... <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, oh, goodness me. So, oh, we're getting some cold as already. already. See, these people know who Roy Rogers I mean, you knew who Rory Rogers was. Oh, yeah. I mean, did you watch the show? Was that on in Australia? Not, Not that really. I can recall. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We had a lot of English shows when I was growing up, but very Americanized TV as well. Okay. Yeah, but I can't remember that one. You know, yeah. I was more like, oh, we got MASH and we got uh, BJ McKay. The truck driver with the oh, chimpanzee. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that one. Knight Rider and all, all right. those wonderful ones. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Joe. It looks like Joe's the first caller here. We'll see if I can. Hi, Joe. How you doing? Hey, Joe. Good morning. Great. What do you think the answer is? I, for some reason, the name Buttermilk popped into my head. That's absolutely correct. Well absolutely done, Joe. Correct. So, thank you so much to everyone who's calling and called in on that. But the answer is Buttermilk. So Joe has that correct. Dale Evans' horse was named Buttermilk. How cute. Joe, if you want to stay on the phone, we'll get your address and we'll mail you out a mug, okay? Great. Yep, I, we got I think him he's now. already yep. there. Yep, great. I was uh, wondering who Evans, Dale Evans was. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Seriously. <laughs> okay, William, here's Excuse another me. question in it relates to if you see a turtle on the road. Um, do you stop and get it off the road? I live out in the country. I always worry about, I drive, there's turtles in the road. I always feel like I need to stop so somebody doesn't just run it over. 
Um, but there's different types of turtles, and there's, you know, the little snappers. And right. so can you talk a little bit about how you identify those versus – and to be careful and how you might go about doing that certainly so um stopping to, to take care of turtles crossing the road is, is common too and i'll be honest i i always stop when i i see them as mm-hmm. well um the first thing i'll say is if you see a turtle crossing the road um it's important if you do stop to assist it that you actually take it to the side of the road that it's going towards versus the side it came from because uh, otherwise it's just going to turn around and try the exact same thing um so always take it to the side of the road where it was it was uh going towards its destination um, but we do have a number of different types of turtles in Iowa. Um, some are a little bit, let's say, safer to handle than others. Um, you did mention, of course, the snapping turtles. We do have uh, what are called common snapping turtles, and they range in size from uh, little tiny guys that are about the size of, let's say, your phone to big old dinner plate-sized uh, <laughs> turtles. And they do pack quite a bite, um, such that you certainly don't want to get bit by them. They can certainly uh, damage fingers pretty, pretty badly. Um, I'd always recommend if you absolutely have to handle a turtle like this, um, that you do it with caution. Um, so I'll one do way, it with sticks. Big long. No. You don't mean you're hitting them with no, the sticks. No, I mean like. Right. I just not wanted to fingers, clarify that for people listening. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yes. Use a stick. I'll not, be quiet. You yeah. keep going. <laughs> Let's let William go. Um, <laughs> but, but I'd recommend if you have to pick it up. Uh, if you can, if you have some sort of uh, container, a large tote, just try to scoot it into that. Uh, outside of that, if you have to pick it up with your hands, um, I'd recommend picking it up on the back half of the shelf. Uh, shell. You want to either pick it right from the, the rear, basically, or the back part of the sides. You definitely don't want your hands anywhere near that front because they can actually stick their neck out and bend about half the length of their shell. So even if you think, oh, I'm right behind their, their front legs at their armpits, let's say, they can still reach around and get your hand. So you definitely want to have it near the, the back half of that turtle. Um, I recommend wearing gloves. Uh, snapping turtles, and that's part of the way you can identify them, they tend to have um, kind of pointed uh, spiky scoots, uh, which are the, the individual um, pieces of their, their shell, their carapace on the back. They tend to be kind of pokey. Um, so you want to wear gloves because they, they can be kind of uncomfortable on the hand. And they also have pretty sizable claws. While they're not super sharp such that they're going to you know, tear into your hands, uh, they're still uncomfortable when they push those uh, into you and then they try to push off. And they're very strong turtles. Mm-hmm. Um, so I recommend wearing gloves. I recommend handling them from the, the back half of the shell. Mm-hmm. Um, now, even smaller turtles that aren't uh, snapping turtles, um, things like red-eared sliders or painted turtles, which you'll be able to tell based off their markings. The red-ears have red markings where you think their ears are. Um, the painted turtles have kind of a, an orange reddish color on their underbelly. Um, I'd still recommend using kind of the same caution. While they're yeah. s- considerably smaller, their mouths aren't quite as uh, intimidating as snapping turtles, they can still pack a pretty good bite and it's, it's a good pinch. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly handle them from the back half um, and then take them to, to wherever it seems that they were wanting to go. Yeah, and they're not strays. This no, is don't bring them unfortunately in. so you yeah. know people are trying to do the right they thing are. and get them off the road and help yeah. them um but yeah it's important to like william said get them to go on safely yep. for you and of course beware of traffic and put your flashes i think hazard lights we call yep. flashes on yep. <laughs> do all that good stuff and yep. just be careful but break for turtles there's no yeah. reason to run them over it, that's you know be safe while you're driving. Do safe stuff. I'm just looking at Carol because Carol has some fun turtle stories. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't know what it is about turtles. They, like, walk in front of me on purpose and stop <laughs> in the road. But, uh, yeah, I I actually did not know about the snapper thing the first time I stopped. Um, and I called my 
husband and said, hey, there's a turtle on the road. And he was like, okay. He had me look for the snapper part, the little rough edges. But he I, it said, get a stick and put it in front of the turtle and let the turtle mow on it you know and then pull it off you can drag it off because this was a huge snapper like the size of a large pizza and he's like you're never able to pick it up they're heavier right. than you think. Blah, blah. so i do that and the little turtle literally bites through the stick i mean literally snapped it in half and so i call him back and i'm like oh my gosh he broke through the stick what do i do and my husband was like okay uh, get a bigger stick. <laughs> so um, they're strong and oh, they can yeah. move. Like I didn't have a clue how you said that about turning their head half their body. I had no idea. Yeah, they're they're a lot quicker than you think. They their really bite strength is considerable. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I want to get him off the road. I don't want right. him to get smashed. So um, I did get a bigger stick and I did drag him off. <laughs> See, the the road. I didn't mean hitting him with a stick. No, but I wanted to make sure no one else thought you meant yeah. that. No yeah, way it would make hit anything with a stick. Like a lot of times when they uh, oh, no way when they bite, they don't let go. So yeah, that that stick um, method isn't a bad one. Yeah, for the very large ones. Yeah, I I was driving down the road one day and I. I a lady was trying to get she didn't realize it was snapper i felt like it was me five years earlier you know but she had a tiny little leaf and she was putting it in front of the snapper thinking (laughs) and so pulled over and my husband gets out and he's like whoa 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 wait like that's a snapper don't you know do that with him so trying to lure it yeah trying to lure it off the road you know (laughs) people are so kind though i mean good for them for helping out with wildlife when needed to so yeah We are going to have to take another break in just a minute. So when we come back, we'll finish up with William and um, remind everyone it's Help a Horse Day at the Animal Rescue League. Respect for Chicken Month. That's right. It's been a busy day. So uh, when we come back, we'll just finish up a little bit with William and wrap up a couple things. And we'll be right back. You're listening to ARL Animal Connection, part of our new, more live and local weekends on News Radio 1040 WHO. Welcome back, everyone. Just about to finish up and just want to say happy Mother's Day for this sun- this Sunday. Yes. Uh, for all those mums out there and pet mums and all the others. So, yeah. uh, Actually, mums, we get mums with babies coming in. Yes. Um, for kittens. Yeah. So, yep. Um, we also have programs and we have a, a spay the mother because we know we have enough animals in, our, in yep. the world. Yep. Um, plenty in the shelters. So... Uh, have a look on our website at arl-iowa.org. And if you do happen to bring us kitties, we can stop mum producing more. We'll yeah. help you out with that. Yeah. So be sure and check out our Spay the Mother program on our website. Um, but we're happy to help with that. So, uh, why, why we, we got, Sorry, I'm we've cutting We've been you off run there. over with guinea pigs. Yeah. William, tell us all about our small pets. Lots of them on the website. Right, yep. We, we do have quite a few. Um, as you are just talking about with the, you know, kittens and lots of kittens coming in, um, we also have had a lot, of, uh, a lot of baby guinea pigs come in recently. Um, and part of that is when, when guinea pigs, like many other small rodents, when they, they have a litter of babies, they have quite a few at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have ended up with uh, an influx of, uh, of guinea pigs. Um, and some of these are a little bit unusual from, from the guinea pigs we typically get in. Um, so, sorry, sorry about I'm giggling. I'm looking at the pictures. They're, They're so adorable, cool. Sorry, William. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. Um, I do that. 
<laughs> so there are uh, different breeds of guinea pigs, um, and, and we tend to get a lot of uh, Americans and, and Abyssinians. Those are two very common ones we get. So the Americans are kind of the smooth coat, uh, kind of the, the standard guinea pig you think of when you picture a guinea pig. Uh, and the Abyssinians are those ones with the funky hair where it looks like they've got cowlicks all over them. <laughs> um, we, we've got some, some young uh, juveniles of those, but we also have some like uh, what are called Texels or some Rexes, which have a little bit shorter, like uh, kinkier type hair. And they're kind of unusual. We don't typically get a lot of those in. Um, but we've got a lot of uh, guinea pig moms and then a lot of uh, uh, babies as well that have come in uh, to our shelter. Um, we have a whole bunch of them that are available for adoption uh, right now. Um, at all of our locations, uh, in fact, we have uh, quite a few of them down at our Southridge location. That's kind of the main hub for these guys. But we also have adoptable guinea pigs at our main location and at our West Des Moines location. Um, and these guys, one of the benefits of getting them uh, when, they're, when they're so young is that we can uh, handle them a little bit more, get them socialized and used to people, uh, so that by the time you do get them as a pet and you adopt them, uh, they're actually already used to people and they're a good, well-socialized pet. That's great. They're adorable. I, I mean, any color, any type of fur you want. We have like 20. I was just counting on the website. Oh, so yeah. um, be sure and check them out on the website. And then you can tell from our website on each profile where they're located. So they know if they're at Maine or South or West to come see you. So. And staff will be able to help you out with what how to set them up, handling, all that good stuff. Yep. Too, so. yep, we have all sorts of care information. We also have care sheets, of course, on our website for, for not just guinea pigs, but all different types of unusual critters. Uh, but staff could help you out with yeah, the caging, the diet, um, any sort of enrichment opportunities you can provide these guys. Now, I noticed some of these are bonded, like female-female bonded, obviously, so we're not getting more guinea pigs. Right. But um, is it possible to get a single like female and match it up to another single female so you can have two friends? Uh, you certainly can. Yeah. Um, just like any sort of animal introduction at all, I recommend a, a slower, gradual one versus just toss them together and see how it goes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like um, like guinea pigs as, as far as uh, ages being similar, um, and of course, as you mentioned, same sexes, um, certainly you could bond them together. That's, okay. that's not an issue. Guinea pigs are very social and usually get along pretty well. Yeah, it's just nice they have company then if you're at work all day. Right, right. And uh, yeah, that's great. And there it is again, slow introductions. Slow introductions. We just yeah. cannot stress that enough on these, pretty much any species, just yeah. slow introductions. And let's say, that's, that is one thing that is nice about being able to adopt a pair that's already bonded. Like, you're, they're already together. You don't have to deal with that but mm -hmm. you can in do intros and we can certainly help you with that with any species yeah yeah absolutely it's hugely important well we are out of time william wow. thank you so much for Thanks, coming william. in you're always just such great information and we really appreciate you getting up with this yep <laughs> he's <laughs> he's like it is early isn't it it is that's all right so we'll definitely have you back because we always have more to talk about with wildlife and small animals so. well, certainly um thank you for coming and not a problem mick you have a great weekend happy you mother's too. day to all the moms yeah, out better there. call my mom yeah absolutely so <laughs> and we will be back next saturday with more fun so thanks everyone yep, forward, thanks. Forward. pop forward WHO, Des Moines, and iHeart Radio Station, and on your HD radio, KDRV HD2, News Radio 1040, WHO. One condition for North Korea. I'm Pam Puso, Fox News. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo says the U.S. is willing to boost the North Korean economy if the North does something in return. If North Korea takes bold action to quickly denuclearize, the United States is prepared to work with North Korea to achieve prosperity on the par 
with our South Korean friends. This as plans move forward for a summit next month in Singapore between President Trump and North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. After over a year of fiery rhetoric and jabs traded back and forth between Trump officials and the regime in Pyongyang, this is a remarkable turnaround. Some experts even suggesting the current mood is perhaps too good to be true. They caution Washington and Pyongyang don't necessarily have the same understanding of the concept of denuclearization and doubt Kim really does intend to give up his prized nuclear program, a program initiated by his very own grandfather decades ago. Fox's Jillian Turner. A wave of Israeli airstrikes in Syria has left 42 people dead, that higher number released today by a Syrian war monitor. The strikes were the heaviest carried out by Israel on Syria in decades. They came after 20 rockets were fired at Israeli military positions in the Golan Heights. Fox's Benjamin Hall, Mideast tensions continue to flare as the U.S. prepares to open its embassy in Jerusalem on Monday. Gratitude from the governor of Hawaii. In a tweet, David Ige thanks President Trump for declaring a major disaster on the big island where Kilauea has been spewing molten lava and toxic fumes. The lava lake at the summit of Kilauea is draining fast, and scientists are watching the lake drop down inside the crater. That magma has to go somewhere, and if the lake drops below groundwater level, it could cause steam explosions. Fox's Jessica Rosenthal. Authorities are urging residents to remain vigilant. Fox News, fair and balanced.